Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. This is Episode 3, Shoba Kavanakudiel, Fierce Search, Act 2, recorded June 4, 2016, at Courtney's apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Screaming about irrevocability Let's burn some bridges, earn some stitches And fight our own way free Cause the rules don't lie but they don't apply to people like you and me Let's start it up now 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 Now they say it's all decided, all divided, all laid out and the pushcart man with a three-part plan can't understand what you're shouting about. But when the past they plow, the lives allowed are the only roads you can see. Just remember who walls were built to fall for people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Last week, I watched Wonder Woman. And I know that there's a ton of controversy around this film itself, but overall, it made me think about the women in our lives. I'm really, really excited to tell you a little bit about the women in my life. They are my mother, my sister, a lot of my friends and colleagues, and all of these women have many things in common. They are strong, they are powerful, kind, strategic, caring, fierce, so thoughtful, fighting and searching, so much more. And in this field of arts and arts education in particular, where the majority of people in the field are women, while I will admit that at the top tiers, many are, or majority are men, and that's fine. But this past spring, April, in fact, the face-to-face conference during one of the lunch breaks. I was sitting at a table with my contemporaries who all happened to be women and frankly, my friends. We were eating and chatting as you do. And, you know, we weren't necessarily talking about the field itself, but our own personal lives and sharing anecdotes, etc., and commonalities that we have with each other. And, Towards the end of the lunch, this older woman walked by, and as she passed, she paused for a moment and said, well, 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 isn't this the power table? What? Uh, I had to take a minute, actually, and be like, what, what, what? But actually, when I really took a hard look around that table, looking at these women who are directors of education, who are professors of educational theater, who are um, on their way to being executive directors and making all sorts of power decisions about the field itself, sitting on boards and networks and communities and helping and advocating for uh, arts education, artists, teaching artists, students, teachers, elderly, etc., to be able to have access and to be able to engage in the arts. I thought, hell yeah, 
Yeah, we are. We are a power table. We are power. And Shoba was one of those people sitting at that table. I'm excited for you guys to all hear the next act. And in this act, act two, Shoba and I talk about her mentors, peers, and our community, plus how she really began as a teaching artist and uh, continued on and how uh, she worked as an adjunct, et cetera, to get to the place that she is now in her current position as professor in the educational theater program at City College. Um, we also investigate an essential question. Why are the arts important? Here is episode three, act two, Shoba Kabanakudil, Fierce Search. Carmine was in, you know, our instructor, mm-hmm. and I had been living in Jersey City, and his organization, um, the educational arts team, is in Jersey City. So he, I guess, in the middle of the semester at some point, was like, you should come work for me. You live in Jersey City. Oh, you know why? Because in February, when I was trying to figure out what to do, before I even started this whole journey, mm-hmm. I had sent him a headshot and a resume and like, yeah, because they made fun of me and pulled it up like five years before, later, you know what I mean? That's so funny. Yeah. So, um, so he was like, you should come work for me. Um, I, you know, like I guess he pulled it out because they needed people and then he realized I was in his class and I was like, you know, let me think about it. And I mean, he was so nice. He even took me out to dinner before class one day. And he was like, what are you afraid of? And I told him, I'm afraid of not making any money. Um, so the thing is, we were in grad school and I had these loans to fall back on. And so that cushioned that mm-hmm. transition a little mm-hmm. bit for me. But I gave them my notice after the holidays um, and started working at the educational arts team in probably like February of 2002. <laughs> I'm just laughing because like, again, like there's just such parallels even at that point, like we, we didn't necessarily know each other yet, but like, um, I left uh, or I left and or was fired from Chelsea Pierce from insubordination <laughs> <laughs> in October and had the loans to sort of fall back on and figure out what I wanted to do. And I had had for that class, for Carmine's class, we had to choose an arts organization to research for the semester. And I had chosen Roundabout and I had done an, uh, conducted an interview with the education director there. And she was like, you should be an apprentice with us. And I was like, oh, okay. So I had applied there. And then in January, yeah. I started working there. And that was that was the end. Yeah. Like I was hooked. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted to be a teaching artist. I wanted to do everything I had to do with this. And really, I wanted to be her. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I that for that assignment, I did the new Vic. You did? Yes, because Nancy was my BFF now. Oh, and right. like and she, all she, ever she said, about. there's somebody that I really think you should meet. Um, she was, she's been in Ireland for a long time mm-hmm. and it was Edie. Um, and so I went and I interviewed, I talked to Edie and they were in this cramped little Tiny. office. <laughs> I know it. David was there, David Kilpatrick. Yeah. And, um, and I thought that was really cool. That's so interesting. Yeah. And so I remained, like I started to develop this relationship with mm-hmm. David. David was in our classes yeah. too, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I started to learn a little bit. A little bit more. That assignment was a good assignment. So smart. <laughs> good job, Carmen. I have actually. I have a piece of that assignment as part of my course because for exactly yeah. the same thing, like you just never know where you, you can your opportunities yeah. are going to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as do I. 
<laughs> so, um, so I, yeah, I, I did that assignment and I started working for Carmine and it was kind of cool because one of the workshops that he had me doing was about, was it, it was called television productions and it was about violence and drug prevention. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was a great fit for me and we had a lot of funding and I was working mm-hmm. and the, the world was great, you know, and, um, we, they have a camp. So I, I started working at the camp mm-hmm. that summer. Um, and then I think I started working for the NUVIC two years later, right? Uh, after, yeah, after we graduated. Yeah, after we graduated. Yeah. So I was working there um, and finished school. And then I started te- being a teaching artist for the NUVIC mm-hmm. and started adjuncting at NYU. So, 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 uh, <laughs> again, just to to keep us on the same like timeline that the, the, um, so 2003, I had then been a, a, a teaching artist at Roundabout. I was also teaching for a couple other organizations and I had a part-time administrative job and was hoping to be able to work for the new Vic as a teaching artist because they had just started uh, a program that now I oversee. But um, the, uh, the thing is that like Edie, was a re- is a very big um, part of the, this field as well, and has had a lot of of contribution towards it. Um, are there people in in that like have you ever had a mentor? Like, it, it was Carmine a mentor, or um, yeah, I think I've had a, a few mentors because I think they all served a different purpose. And I would say Carmine, I learned a lot from Carmine. Um, I learned a lot from him um, about teaching about asking questions about, um, like reflecting on things. Um, I, I don't think Carmine gets enough credit for mm. the educational arts team because I, I, I think he's hands are on, you know, he's on the ground running. Like he, not that he doesn't care, but he, he just wants to do really good work. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he doesn't act like a figurehead. I mean, he, mean? he doesn't, he didn't get too involved with, um, you know, like the round table or, you know, uh, these, other organizations he was just focused on the work Mm -hmm. um and um i really appreciated that i mean he started the organization in 1974 which was also the year we were born Mm -hmm. and like that's pretty amazing to me and they they serve all of jersey city like the entire district of jersey city Mm -hmm. and what was unique about working there was that jersey city is not as big as new york city right so you are inevitably going to see the same kids and so as a teaching artist, it's a real um, gift to see the same kids year after year. So, um, and then working at the camp where many of those kids came, that was sort of a, you know a really cool thing. And and it's a smaller organization, so it was like they were a family, and it was like anyone's talents could be used. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends what what you do and who you are Mm -hmm. and quite frankly um I wasn't just a teaching artist for them so I was a director I was a program coordinator I you know I had the opportunity to learn a lot of administrative skills and I think when my career could have gone here or here I was qualified to do both Mm -hmm. um so like I attribute a lot of my job to being at the educational arts team my current job yeah because I also think one of the reasons I got the job at City College, and I couldn't have said this then because I, you know, not having a PhD, but um, I think, I think I'm a very dynamic practitioner. I think I can do a lot of a little of everything, you yeah. know, like a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and I think that's because of Carmine. Um, 
I think um, Edie Demas was a mentor. Um, Nancy, I learned so much from Nancy Sportzell. Um, I never took a class with her because I was afraid to, but I I never took a cl- class with Nancy Sportzell. Yeah, but I was her grad assistant in London, mm-hmm. and I think that experience changed my life. Um, I worked with her so closely on the Provincetown series, um, and she was also my tutor in London. She made me cry. She mm-hmm. made me cry observing <laughs> me teaching, and um, it was just – I learned a lot about being a woman in our field from mm-hmm. Nancy mm-hmm. Um, and the, the need to just – be a little bit of a fighter not to be complacent because we're all arts educators like you still have to kind of advocate I learned more from her like while she smoked a cigarette at 7 a.m. <laughs> than a lot of the classes I've taken yes. you know um she just she spews out great advice yeah I would say um there Russell. was a fearlessness to her wasn't there yeah like yeah a no like put up with yeah. no bullshit yeah. just yeah, yeah. She gave me a lot of advice about men too. What was the best? Piece of because she, she I was planning my wedding right around the time we graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, her, her. <laughs> when we were in London, she was unpacking. Lowell hadn't gotten there yet, mm-hmm. and she was unpacking his stuff. And um, it was one of our like seven thirty in the morning meetings, and she said, she said, don't don't start uh, packing and unpacking for him because if you do it once, you'll do it forever. <laughs> Um, but she, she also had compassion because whenever I started crying, like you could see like she was, you know, she wasn't a mean, mean person, Mm -hmm. mean spirited person. So I learned a lot from her. I learned a lot from Russell, granted about Mm -hmm. teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned a lot from Joe Salvatore. Um, and we continue to be friends Mm -hmm. and colleagues. Yeah. And I think I learned a lot from, um, our dear friend Michael Wiggins. Ah, Still, Michael Wiggins. every minute of every day I spend okay. with him, I learn mm-hmm. something. So, um, I I think I'm very lucky to be friends with him. But he is, I think, one of the most brilliant minds in our field. And just mm-hmm. um, to be able to get inside his brain, which I personally successfully think I have done. You, you, you do it <laughs> probably better than anybody I've ever seen. But he's <laughs> just a really smart person and has a really unique perspective on things, I yeah. think. He's going to – He's a, he's a, we're going to interview him. So. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. You know, the people will know who he is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the the – you know, the mentorship you get from peers, I think, is really different than the mentorship you get from people. You know, I haven't asked any questions that are actually written down here because I just keep, keep talking. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. You, no, no, not because you keep co- talking, but because you, you're you segue into where a question would be leading uh-huh. you to answer it uh-huh. that in the same way. So that is one of my questions about like the network and the community that one builds within this field. Um, I have so many questions because of where, like, you've been all over. Like, yeah, it's really rich. It's like a rich, um, there's places to go deeper, right? So if you'll indulge me a little bit. But let's let's start. Let's keep talking about this, that the, the idea of learning from our peers. So we talked about mentors. Michael Wiggins feels like he's a little bit older than us, but well, he's a he, friend. He and, acts like he's three million years older, but he's no, not. No, but, I mean, he was. he's definitely been in the yeah, field longer yeah, than we have. Yeah. So. I think he's somebody definitely I know I've I've been able to work directly with and learn from in that process. And are there other people that you feel you've built this sort of network, um, whether they're peers or they are still maybe, maybe, um, 
I don't know what the right word is, but not necessarily a mentor, but somebody who yeah, yeah. has been around. Yeah, I mean, for I I think I I learn, I listen and look first, mm. um, and so I think I learn from, let's see, you. <laughs> um, I think I learn. I've learned so much from working with Jennifer, mm-hmm. um, Katona. We're just, um, she's just a visionary, and um. I don't think I am a visionary in the, in that sense. I think if you give me an infant, I can make it grow and bloom into something fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but that goes back to my issues with commitment again. <laughs> like I have a lot of ideas and I just don't always know which one to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, James has been really great. Annie Montgomery. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, like there's a cohort of people that I worked with at the New Victory Theater. Yeah. Because all these people I'm naming were there, the teaching artists with me when I was there. Um, and I feel like I continue to enjoy seeing where they're going in the field and um, enjoy learning from them still, you know. And I think working in higher education is a really unique thing because mm-hmm. in order to serve my students, who I also learn from all the time, um, you have to kind of keep an eye on what's going on, right? And so as my peers have kind of blossomed into these um, pioneers or leaders in the field, you know, it's a value to me and what I do both mm-hmm. professionally, but also like personally, professionally. Um, and it's a unique opportunity, but I, in order to serve my students best, I need to know what's going on. Yeah. So um, while you were working at educational arts uh, team, team mm-hmm. um, you were working at the new Vic. You were also adjuncting, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, where were you adjuncting? I was adjuncting at NYU. Mm-hmm. And um, I was there for a while. And then I was adjuncting at Hudson County Community College, teaching public speaking to non-public speaking people, <laughs> which was fun, and acting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I started to adjunct at City College. So all of that adjunct experience, do you feel like that? Like, what did you feel feel like you you talked earlier about like mourning a job that you hadn't even <laughs> applied for yet, and then you applied for it, and then you went through this rigorous yeah. um, um, interview process. So, w- what do you think helped you to get that job, and then you know how have you shaped that that position yeah. over the years? Well, I I um I honestly started adjuncting because the opportunity was there and I needed money mm-hmm. for because of like personal things that were going on and um you made fun of me when I got the job at City College because I used to refer to um my adjunct jobs as my waitressing job yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I um I think one of the reasons I got it is because I mean I know because the dean told me this when she interviewed me it was down to me and one other person and she said you should congratulate yourself um you were pulled out of 175 people search nationally um so congratulations she said if you don't get the job it's because we want to go this way and that way would have been research um and if we want to go community outreach you know the job will be yours and that's a decision she had to make and um and she picked me so community outreach yeah so we've grown the program so much i mean our program Jennifer and I both like feel very strongly that our students should get hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. 
that they should be doing things that they're actually going to be doing in the classroom or as teaching artists. Um, and, you know, it's important to serve the community that we're a part of, which is the Harlem community. So we have um, residency. Pro- I mean, we run like a cultural a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, we have a arts integration residency that we do. We have, um, you know, Jennifer does an after-school drama program at a school. I do the Harlem Children's Theater Festival, which has really grown. Um, we now do three productions. Well, this is the second year of it, like, in this model. And um, the the productions are adaptations written by our students in the fall. And I select the ones I like that I, that I, that I feel inspired as an artist by. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we put them at the festival in the spring and then I pick one and we tour it in the fall and our students write curriculum guides and do pre-show workshops and um and and it's fun for me because I still I feel like a teaching artist with an office yeah I mean I mean I I get to do I talk to you about it it always feels like there's I I like what you just said that if it's a university program that acts like a cultural yeah you yeah. know, and the community, a community organization. Yeah. And part of that is, I think, out of the need of this program at City College that's so successful, mm-hmm. but we're just like two people. <laughs> um, and so, you know, for me, like the Harlem Children's Theater Festival, for example, it's an opportunity for my students to learn, but it's also identifying the help that I realistically need. And so sort of if you look at me as like the executive director and like I have a student as the artistic director and a you know, producer. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so we kind of just kind of like feel, I mean, they learned how to write job postings when we needed volunteers. They, um, you know, ordered supplies. It sounds silly, but that's all stuff that I learned kind of in, in the line of fire. Do you know what I mean? Um, and even some of the classes, like the devising class I run, um, very much is like men- residency that I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, or a camp that I'm running because it's kind of like whatever population or community-based organization I can partner with is what that class is going to focus on. Right. So they're working with the people. So like this summer, we're working with seniors. And, do you, and so Jennifer also graduated from NYU. I, you know, there's a lot of people who went to NYU be- prior to um, the CUNY system having any anything that was arts and arts and theater. There's an MIA applied theater mm-hmm. program, and now the uh, at City College and um, NYU. And so there's these three different programs in New York City where you know it was pretty revolutionary when Lowell and Nancy created um, the educational theater program in the '60s at NYU, and then Gallatin having pieces of that, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There, so there's this really interesting evolution that's happened, and I'm just curious in how you guys have built, you and Jennifer have built your program. What, from your own experiences, um, you know, how does what your experiences in a in a master's program? How do you think it compares to what your graduate students are experiencing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can solely answer that question based on being a student because I had been working for so long. Right. Um, I think that what made me a very successful teaching artist was that I was able to do a lot and almost like anything. Like I feel like when administrators put me partnered me with people they did they it was like I was like the joker right like you can put me with anybody I'll Mm -hmm. make it work Mm -hmm. I wanted my students to come out with that dynamic skill um so I want them to know about you know if they're theater teachers you know how do you build partnerships in addition to the curriculum what does that mean what's arts integration how do you connect TYA with being in a school 
um, for teaching artists, you know, I always tell them, I want you to be dynamic. I want you to be able to say yes to every job offer you get. And then eventually you can pick and choose what you want to do. Um, so, you know, you, you, you should be able to do applied theater. You should be able to do arts integration. You should be able to do TYA and understand what all of that means. Um, you should always be doing conflict resolution, right? You should always be, you know, making kids better and, and how to get along and, um, you know, how, how does a person's choice impact a community? Like that should always be done. So kind of thinking about that. And then, um, I mean, what I think that, you know, I want opportunity to be presented to them and them to be able to say no. And so that, that and like, I, there's the it factor too, right? Mm. Like you need to be personal and professional yeah. and like, don't write emails that are unprofessional, right. you know? Um, so, so do you consider yourself a work ethic? Like, I think that too. I like a work ethic. Yeah. I was having a conversation with Ben earlier about work and yeah. work ethic yeah. and what that means. And, um, I think that the work that teaching artists do is so undervalued like they're and underestimated how much work it actually takes to do your job well and to be able to do like you're almost talking about being as a teaching artist being a sort of a jack of all trades right so there are teaching artists who will adjunct they'll work for an arts organization they will work for multiple arts organizations and they will work in multiple with multiple types of populations and communities right and they and practice their and, art and and continue to practice their mm -hmm. art and they are able to code switch and prepare for and plan appropriately um, and have the energy level and have the management yeah. skills and ha like there's so many right. different kinds of skills that a teaching artist right. must have. And I, and I remember when I switched into the field thinking, I felt old, like at 25 or whenever we started our program. I felt like a baby. I felt so old. That's and I so remember bad. thinking <laughs> like, what, what am I bringing from working in television into mm. this field that, that will, that will make me not feel or present myself as if I wasted, you know eight years of my life, right? School. And then, and, um, I think what I've learned now because I put these courses together is I have strong management skills. I have like a business instinct. Um, those kind of things are, I think are very important as well. And how, so, so would you, would you equate your artist self with your sort of administrative self? What do you mean? Um, do you think that they're both, um, fulfilled no that's not quite what I mean like do you think that they equal each other do no. they have the same value for you no I think my artist self like I think my heart always needs to be fulfilled first so do you apply any of your artist self to your administrative self I mean is there crossover or yeah of course there's crossover I mean the the um the I feel like the the administrative self is the means to the end Right. Like mm -hmm. if I want to be in one of the shows that I'm producing mm -hmm. at the theater festival, because mm -hmm. like I'm getting that artistic need, I need to be organized. I need to make sure that, you know, I can let go because my students have well been well prepared right. Right, to do this festival. Or um, if I take extra work, I mean, I still do consulting work and I love it. I enjoy it. Um, I have to be able to manage my schedule. And, you know, so I, I think it's more of a means to an end. Um, but, but it's there, it's a reality. And the more successful you are at 
managing that, I think it, it makes the rest of it easier. Why, why are we serving kids in schools? Why are we working with families? Why are, why are we doing this work? Why is it important? Why is it important? I can't answer why you think it's important or why somebody I've worked with in the past thinks it's important. I can only answer why I think it's important. And I think it's important um, because, well, the first thing is I think kids need to know that in order to be in the arts or in theater specifically, you don't, there's just not acting and directing, right? There's all these other things. Um, the second thing is, I think, giving an opportunity to them to have these theatrical experiences, like what the new Vic does. Like, that's really important. Like, how do you become a theater goer? How do you appreciate something? How do you, um, you know, like very much in line with like Maxine Green, like how do you look at art, right? How, you know, what does that mean? Um, I think that using the arts, I am a believer that, you know, in, in STEAM, not STEM, right? Like it, it brings up engagement. It makes kids want to learn because they're having fun. Like um, it helps people get along, right? It's a commonality, singing a song together. Um, it goes back to like community traditions of like way back when, if you think about, we learned this in Nan's class actually, um, you know, the arts stemmed out of uh, religion and commu community experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that impact is so important because I think it develops leadership skills. I think it, it teaches kids and people how to ask questions. Um, Michelle Obama was at City College yesterday. I can't stop talking about it. And one thing that she said is not to be afraid of people who are different than you. Right. And in order not to be afraid, you need to not be afraid to ask questions and not be embarrassed and not. And so I think the arts has the power to like develop these skills in children mm -hmm. and people. It doesn't even have to be kids. I mean, I enjoyed working in communities and still enjoy working with adults as well. And um, it's so great doing a professional development with teachers who think they're not art actors and they have no arts background whatsoever. But then they start telling me about their high school theater experience, you know, mm -hmm. um, or we go through a professional development and at the end they're all beaming, um, you know, and they sort of come in with that like, oh, okay, it's another PD mm -hmm. and they're happy to be there. And because most of the organizations I do this for are, you know, great and have great reputations, um, but they're beaming at the end. And I mean, Courtney, do you remember the PD we did yes. and the performances? Vividly. The teachers, the teachers had, mm -hmm. you know, like they, at the end, I mean, they were fine when they started. They, they were, were fine. I mean, it was, a, it was, um, a summer, it was a, it was a summer program yeah. as an intensive week, six hours a day. And, um, it was called process and performance and it was about devising theater with kids basically. So we took them through a devising experience that for two days, like straight two days, and then they themselves chose a particular subject that would be a part of a unit or something that they would teach their kids, and then they created, they applied the same devising mechanisms to creating their own pieces. Yeah, and so that's arts integration, and that, if a teacher continues with that, can be TYA. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think, um, getting back to, like, you were asking me about the skills for my students, that it's, like, it's encompassing of all of that, right? Um, but they were so like bonded when so, we were done. Yeah. They, they felt so good. There was sparkle, mm -hmm. right? They had that it factor and excitement again about teaching and that's what the arts can do. And that's like, 
that's what I believe, you know, teaching artists and theater teachers that are in schools, like that's what you have the power to do. Like that is part of our job. And for you to be part of that community, right? So there, mm. there's this part, this part that we keep talking about, but there's this artistic part that we, we, you know, you have to keep developing that and you have to be part of your own community. And I feel very strongly that everyone's an artist in their own way. You don't need to apologize for how you practice that art. You know, um, some people need to do a show and go off and tour and that's great. And some people need to take a voice lesson, you know, um, I, I have learned to listen to my heart and when I feel that I have to make decisions and I have to figure out because otherwise I turn into a cranky bitch mm-hmm. and that's the truth. Like, I mean, you, you've known me a long time. So it could be, okay, I'm going to take voice lessons for the next three weeks. It could be, I am going to somehow make sure my grad students want me to be in this show, you know, and I have, I've done two shows with them mm-hmm. last year. Um, it was so fun because I was a puppeteer and, you know, um, busy bee. And um, I played the queen bee, which I loved. Um, but like that, you have to listen to yourself. And sometimes it's just like for me, it can sometimes just be doing a great lesson in a class and like feeling really good about it because there's a lot of sizzle when mm-hmm. we're done. Um, but I mean, I can go on and on about this. Like the arts, I think, you know, has the power to do so much. I, and turn yeah. around things. I mean, that's why it's called turnaround art, right. right? Like, but kids get engaged. When kids get engaged and people get engaged, that's when they start to listen and learn. Mm-hmm. You have and, to speak their language. They, they have ownership, right? And yeah. they start to invest yeah. in their own learning and yeah. they'll take things. And if they don't understand things, they'll, they'll take it to the next level because they've already been hooked, right? Yeah. Um, and there is, a, I think the other part of the arts for me, our, our particular chosen art form is theater. Right. Um, but I think with any kind of art form, there's this idea of expression and being able to have new language to a new ways to express oneself. Um, and hooking in or saying, Oh, I tried that. And that was a lot of fun, but that's not quite the thing. Oh, I like this, whether it's poetry or it's, um, writing music or, um, drawing or whatever it is that there's something that, we all have something inside of us that wants to get out, but needs a vehicle. Yeah. Um, and I think because whether you're an adult or a kid, but if you haven't had a ton of exposure to the arts, having an opportunity, like working with somebody like you or your, your grad students or coming to see a show at the new Vic or whatever it is that there's this new way of, of approaching and looking at the world that, can be advanced and and um and taken or deepened for some people depending yeah. on how you're working with them. Yeah. Um you talked about expressing yourself and I like I almost like look at this like going out, right? Yeah. But I think the other thing that's really important in the arts is is learning how to listen mm-hmm. and like be in the moment. Um and I think that's a skill that's not that's not developed. Like it's not, Mm. people don't spend time on it, you know? And I think beautiful things can happen when you listen and you learn from that. Um, And I'm thinking about, and it's just because I'm going to start teaching this course again on Monday or Tuesday. Um, There's a book that I cannot remember the name of right now, but it's about the great migration. It's a children's book. And I did, um, I started a process drama and used that sort of as the pretext and um 
being in the moment that semester at that particular time, like really with this group of students, like we created something so beautiful that the entire semester, I made every thing that we were doing a continuation somehow connect to that process drama. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a challenge and it was, but it was from being in the moment and that's what they were sort of engaged with in the beginning, you know? And that was artistry to me at that moment. That like really thinking about like how am I going to now teach this and teach that and like keep it all because we just went so deep and they were just I don't know it just it was a good process drama you know. Can you what's process drama? God, I don't even know. <laughs> In two sentences. In two or less. sentences, um, <laughs> it's not. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not really looking at a product based drama. It's like taking a journey with a group of your students um you as an actor as an educator as a director with your students in those roles as well period well, well done <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to episode three of teaching artistry with courtney j body shoba kavanakudiel fierce search act two join us next time for act three Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Ritz-Totten is the creative content manager. John Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org. Follow us on Twitter at TA underscore artistry. Like our page on Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life. People like you and me Let's start it up now 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 now.